Glad you're with us today. We are starting a, a brand new series, and um, I'm excited for that. I want to thank you for a couple things, though, before I do. I'm so proud of our church, so proud of each of you. Uh, so many things that I'm proud of often throughout the week, and I'll, I'm with someone, I'm like, I'll hear something, and I'm like, man, I get to be their pastor, you know? And so you just make me so proud as individuals in your schools, in your workplaces, um, but also collectively. And uh, thank you so much for being the church, being God's, Jesus' hands and feet in the way that the, you loved on the Jones family this last week. Um, literally, Pastor Nate said by the time he brought his high school boys down here to help get, there was 400 chairs set up, but we had it set up with 700. He said, by the time I got my, my guys down here, um, there were so many adults here, so many people that it was already almost done. Thank you so much for helping get the, the service set up for them. Thank you for those who worked in the kitchen and served the, the food. Of course, we thank Anchor Inn for their donation of, of the food, but also just the cookies and other things that were brought and just loving on this family and welcoming them out in the parking lot. I uh, heard so many great things from their family and friends and guests. Um, and I just want to thank you. I thank, uh, I thank the team that I serve with too. They did a great job of organizing all of that. But I just want to thank you for the way it really made a difference. And uh, uh, I was so pleased and so proud of our church family and what you guys did. Because uh, we're set back up like it never happened today. And that doesn't happen with the many hands who made the work light. So I want to thank you for that. The other thing is, is thank you for being a church that unleashes compassion, not just yesterday, but last Sunday as we had 28 more kids. Uh, sponsored in Rio Bamba, Ecuador, and that's in addition to the 108 last year. And then we've had someone turn one in to me today uh, on their way into church. And then there's a few that have texted me this week saying, ah, Pastor, I wasn't there, but I'd like to get one of our kids. I'm directing anyone else. Uh, we had 24 kids that were in the immediate church before we spread out to other Nazarene churches. Um, we had 24 kids that were right close, and we still have 11 of those left. So if you're looking to sponsor, I'm not going to give you a choice of, of a bunch. You're going to get one of those 11 kids if you want to sponsor. We'd love to finish that out in that area. So if you're interested at our welcome centers uh, there today, those are the kids that are closest. And I can't wait when we, as a church, uh, take some mission trips and get to meet some of those kids. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, well, today we're starting and launching a new series. If you're here, new here today, you're watching online, maybe for the first time, what a great Sunday. Uh, I'm so excited that we're all here together and that you chose to join um, in this day because we're starting a new series called Vintage Faith. Uh, vintage, as I was thinking about this series, uh, I was sharing the ideas and thoughts with the staff and and Dustin's our creative mind on staff, and he came up with this. And as soon as I heard it, I said, that's perfect. That's exactly what we're trying to do. Uh, so this series is called Vintage Faith. Today's an introduction to the next seven weeks. Vintage uh, is simply, the definition is a time something of quality was produced. A time something of quality was produced. The goal of this series is to produce a quality spiritual life in each and every one of us. To, to, create a, to, to produce a quality spiritual life in you and in me. And a real quality spiritual life starts with quality spiritual practices. Not things that make you perfect. But as Coach, uh, the late Coach Kroll out at Nickerson used to say, practice doesn't make you perfect. Practice makes permanent. Uh, so we're, we're not going for perfect. None of us are perfect. But you put practices in place that help things more permanent. And what we're sharing really is the next is seven uh, tried, true uh, principles 
that have worked for centuries of effective followers of Jesus. Seven practices of effective uh, Christians. And by the way, if you're not a follower of Jesus today and you're still thinking about it, you still have some reservations, there's some, still some great things that I think are applicable to your life whether you, wherever, wherever you are on that journey. But Vintage is about committing ourselves to tried and true principles and practices to help us thrive in our relationship with God, not just survive our relationship with God. We want to be thriving. And as we think about vintage, can you remember a time when something of quality was produced in your life? Can you think of a time when something of quality, you go, man, did that well, produced that well. Maybe some of you, unlike me, have you produced really quality yards and really quality gardens and really quality flowers. I saw some tap over there, and I won't embarrass you, but we're proud that you brought one of the largest employers to the state of Kansas ever. That's awesome. Um, so I don't have permission to embarrass, so I won't do that. But yes, we, you can think. Some of us more recently think of those things. Some of us maybe have to go back a little ways. Maybe you think of a time, your business. You built a quality, strong business, a quality, strong team. Maybe you built, um, uh, you worked real hard in your academic achievements and you produced a quality academic life that gave you great opportunities. Maybe you go way back, like I can, 30 years ago, to a time when I had a quality physical physique. I know it's hard for you guys to believe that, but there was a time when Heather used to say, take your shirt off now. She says, put it back on, you know? So, I mean, there was a time maybe you had that. I was thinking about my nephew and it's just... I wasn't quite where he was. He's much more buff than I am, but he's the middle linebacker from mid Nazarene University this year. And I wanted to show a picture of him, except every picture of him, he doesn't have a shirt on. I mean, because he's proud of his physique, you know. He's single, by the way. So, um, but anyway, he's a great, he's a great guy. Um, but, you know, maybe it was, you, you produced a quality uh, physique. A few uh, days ago, or maybe about a week ago, Heather and I walked this circle um, in our neighborhood that's about three miles, and we take Molly on that walk. Sometimes I come home, and I, exit, I take the exit out, and I'm like, Heather, I'm tired today. And she's like, yeah, I'll take Molly. And it's the, we see the same people. We get to talk to some of the same people because it's the same walk every time. And she came back a few days ago, and she was like, have you seen such and such? And I can't say his name, even though he'll go to church here. You know, this is a community that's small. And he goes, did you see such and such? And I was like, have you seen him lately? And I said, yeah. And she's like, yeah, we talked to him a few weeks ago. you see how buff he is? And I'm like, I'm your husband right here, you know. And she's like, no, seriously, he's 70 years old. Do you see how buff he is? He's making me feel even worse, you know. And I'm like, I think it was her hint of she wants vintage Kent. You know, she wants 30 years ago. She wants vintage kids. In all seriousness, vintage is a, a time something of quality was produced. And when I think of vintage, I also think of fine wine. Now, I'm not an expert in producing fine wine or vintage wine. Uh, I don't even drink for that matter. But I did stay in a Holiday Express once. That didn't go over well in the second service either. So, Okay. <laughs> Man, come on, guys, help me out a little bit. Just, you know, laugh just to pretend, you know. Uh, about a month ago, I watched Dick Vermeil, a special on uh, the NFL Network, and it was about a football life, and that's football season. And so uh, Dick Vermeil is retired Kansas City Chiefs coach, Philadelphia Eagles coach, of course, the LA Rams, I mean, the St. Louis Rams won the world championship with them. And it was about the correlations between um, now his, his producing fine wine in California and, 
and building up a football team and the similarities that were in both of those. That there's, and, and actually Heather and I got to meet Dick Vermeil when we were in Bakersfield. It was at one of his unveilings of his uh, new wines and we weren't even drinking, we we're probably the ones going around with water, but I mean, we had a we, super nice guy and uh, had a great time. And uh, he, he in this document, documentary, uh, in the correlation of these two things and how similar some of these things were really because uh, there's hard work involved. There's decisions that have to be made. And I'm going to give you the rest of this later. So you don't have to write this down now. And you don't have to show this yet either. But because I'm just going to go with this quickly. And I want to feel like you have to keep up. But I saw three things uh, that were common denominators. And one is a decision to fully commit. A decision that you're going to not just commit. You don't commit to, you know, making fine wine halfway. Um, it takes a commitment. It takes three or four years to, to raise up a vineyard. You don't just build a football team overnight. It takes a while to build up a, a, a team. It takes a full commitment. You don't just show up on Friday nights or Saturdays to play. It takes a decision to a full commitment. The other thing was a willingness to become an apprentice or men, and be a mentor, both. Uh, Dick Vermeil was not only a great coach to players, but he was a learner. And he had other coaches in his life that mentored him and, and colleagues that mentored him. And, and he was always constantly learning. The same thing in the wine business, he was learning from uh, those around him and some of his colleagues. And so there, there was a, a willingness to not only be an apprentice, but uh, also to have apprentices, but also to be mentored yourself. And then the last thing I saw is that there's a desire to commit to practices that work. So it's one thing to make a decision to be all in, but the other thing is, is again, you don't just show up to a game on Friday night and play. You have to commit to the practices throughout the week, not to be perfect, but to make permanent. And I love this. One of the things I love about our team and our staff is they're all learners. Uh, they all like to grow. This uh, yesterday before the funeral, uh, Pastor Brandon was here earlier than I was, and I was here pretty early, and I was like, what are you doing here? You're not doing the funeral today. You're helping with some things, but what are you doing? He says, I'm studying for my, my master's class. And I had forgot. Uh, a few months ago, he signed up for a master's in organizational leadership. He wants to grow as a leader. He wants to grow in those ways. I love that he wants to learn. Dick Vermeule was a learner, and for the, for the same thing with, with us is if we're going to be growing followers of Jesus… We have to do the same things. We have to commit to being all in, being all in on that decision. We have to commit to having mentors in our lives as well as those who are being mentored by us. And then the third thing is, is we have to commit to practices that others that are effective commit to as well. So here's what I wanna sh uh, share a little bit. Back to the fine wine, just for a second. Um, you know what the great thing, the greatest thing about fine wine is this? from a guy that doesn't drink, doesn't know anything about it. You know the greatest thing about fine wine is? It gets better with age, right? It gets better with age. The longer it, it, it's on the shelf, the better it's gonna get. It gets better with time. And not many things in our life get better with age. Most things go into decline. Our physical bodies go into decline. Other things go into decline. Most things get worse with time. But the great news that I have for all of us today, doesn't matter how young or how old you are, is just like fine wine, we were meant to, to get better with age. Spiritually, we're meant to get better with age. That no matter where we are in our journey, we're meant to get better, we're meant to get stronger with time. Now time alone doesn't do the trick. Just getting old doesn't make us wiser, doesn't make us smarter, doesn't make us, there, there's practices that we commit to too. But you and me, through the power of the Holy Spirit, 
Though our physical bodies may be in decline, we can spiritually grow. We can spiritually come alive. I love how the Apostle Paul says it. He says it this way. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Anybody might have come in here discouraged? Every week we, we have some. Sometimes I come in discouraged. We have moments we come in discouraged that we're losing heart. Maybe you're in here today and you're losing heart over what's going on in your relationship, what's going on in your business, what's going on with your team. And I just want to encourage you today. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. Spiritually, we can get better. Spiritually, we can become alive. Can I, can I speak? And I made it through the first service. Can I speak to the ladies just for a moment? Just a mano a mano? Just, you know, ladies? I know this is kind of dangerous. Makes my wife nervous when I said this. But thank you. And, and, and I'm being serious. Thank you. And I, I have a list here of what I'm thanking you for because the list is too long for me to remember. Thank you for the great lengths you all go to maximize the beauty God has given you. Us guys, on behalf of all us guys, we're thankful for it. The time with straighteners, curling irons, hair dryers, foundation, makeup, mascara, eyeliner, lipstick, lotions, skincare, and I could go on. All those things, thank you. We, we so appreciate it. But I, I, I have some bad news for you today. All that, all that is going to lose out in the end. Forever young is, may, it can't be an ultimate goal, but there's a greater goal to achieve. There's a greater status to achieve. And I love how the, the wisdom of Proverbs tells us in Proverbs 31, how it tells us what a woman who is like this. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. Do you want to be able to laugh as you age? Grow your relationship with Jesus. Grow your relationship with God. And age is going to come and it's going to go. You're going to get those wrinkles and you're going to laugh. You're going to laugh because that is not your identity. That's not who you are. I, I love something that my pastor, one of my pastor friends, Kevin Jack, said in his church in Florida a few weeks ago or this summer. He said, there's something worse than more wrinkles and that's growing more bitter as you age. We all know. We all know people in our life that grow bitter as they age or grow sweeter as they age. My grandma, who lived to be 100 and a half, she got sweeter with age. She just got sweeter. I think of uh, an example for us, Pastor Bones. 91 years old when the Lord took him to be with him and Noreen last year. He just got sweeter. I mean, he was physically decaying. His body was breaking down. He had no strength, but even to the last few weeks, he wanted to come back and serve. He wanted to help. He just got sweeter, and everybody wanted to be around Pastor Bones because he got better with age. He got spiritually more alive with age. And this is the thing I really want you to hear from my pastor friend, and I'm stealing this from him because I've been thinking about this, and it makes so much sense. As you physically decline, you were meant to become spiritually alive. As you physically decline, this is good news. As you physically decline, you're meant to spiritually come alive. You're meant to spiritually come awake. And I don't know how you came in here today. If you feel like you're on a spiritual decline, if you feel like you're spiritually dead, you don't have to leave that way today. 
You can leave spiritually alive. Your, your life may be going on a coasting and going this direction, but you have to make the decision. And I'm not talking about, a, you know, leaving here with goosebumps and feelings. I'm talking about a decision to commit all in. But when we commit all in, as you physically decline, you can become spiritually alive. As we have said a few times around here, if you ain't dead, you ain't done. God has more for you. It's the one place in our life that we can actually grow, that we can actually get better, that we can get sweeter, that we can be more like Jesus uh, even though our physical bodies are breaking down. You can leave here spiritually alive. The first step to being spiritually, spiritually alive is to repent. Jesus came preaching a message of repentance. What is repentance? It's to change your mind. It's to change your direction. And when we change our mind and change our direction, we come in agreement with God and we say, God, your way is the right way. I've been doing it my way. Your way is the right way. I'm going your way, not my way anymore. And you ask him to forgive you, to come into your life. We become spiritually alive. We go from death to life when we commit our life to Jesus. So I wanna share the, the first steps to vintage faith and then we're gonna look at the seven practices for the next seven weeks. But the first steps to vintage faith and to becoming spiritually alive, which is the goal of this series, is to become spiritually alive. The first steps to vintage faith and becoming spiritually alive is first, is to decide to fully commit. Decide to fully commit. This is going all in. This isn't about perfection, but it's about a decision that I'm not gonna be on the sidelines, I'm gonna jump in the game. I'm gonna fully commit. I'm gonna be a part of what God wants to do in my life. It's the song that we sang. I had not heard that song before, but I pray that it's our prayer the rest of this week and on, in, on, on farther, that God, do what you wanna do in me. I give you permission. I give you permission. It may, God, make that our prayer, that I'm gonna allow you to do what you wanna do in me, that I'm willing to do that. I'm making room for you. Are you making room for God today? Or is God getting squeezed out? It's so easy to squeeze God out of our lives. We have to be intentional about keeping God first and foremost and fully committed to him. Number one, decide to fully commit. The apostle Paul said in Acts, or Luke said in Acts 20, 21, a message that Paul preached. I have had one message for the Jews and the Greeks alike. The necessity of repenting from sin and turning to God and having faith in our Lord Jesus. I've told you so many times, I'm so proud of you so many times about how when you live your life all in, when I hear about you doing it in your workplace, when I hear about you doing it in your school, in your occupation, when I hear about you doing it in your neighborhood, it just, it's the things that encourage me is when I hear you living out your faith and it happens more than you think and someone will say something I'm like, man, they go to our church and, and they, they represent. Now, if you're not represent us well and they say they go to church, I say, well, they go to Crosspoint. Or they go to somewhere else, or Journey, or whatever. I'm just kidding. I don't do that. We're all on the same team, uh, Pastor Andy and the new pastor at Journey Church. I haven't got to know him yet, um, but we are all on the same team. But here's what it is to be all in, and where I'm, pr I'm proud of you at different times. And I didn't ask for permission. I'm going to get for forgiveness. But one of my proud moments this last week to be your pastor was when I uh, was at the game Friday night, the Hutchison High, and it's tough to know where to go. We got kids at our church that play at Central Christian. We got kids that play at Bueller. I mean, we got kids, we have people here from Haven today. We have people at Nickerson. It's just hard to know. But we have a Titan, Hinaha, and Noah, um, 
Kokar, and I always probably say it wrong, but both of them were up for homecoming king this last Friday night. So Heather and I thought that's probably the game of the week, the game we should go to. And so we were watching that game and what wasn't proud was, what didn't make me proud was how well they played and what they did and the win they brought home. What makes me proud is what kind of men these young men are becoming. And Noah was crowned homecoming king before the game. They scored five touchdowns in the game. The first three, Noah scored those first three touchdowns. And he always sits over here on the second service, goes to our youth group on Wednesday nights. That's not what makes me proud. What makes me proud is he's given those gifts to Jesus. And so as the text, I, as an email I saw this week, here's what I mean. It's not just talking about our faith, it's living out our faith. And so when he had the opportunity to take forward what matters most to him before his whole student body and 1,300 of his classmates, he could have taken a football, he could have taken a baton because he's a track star, but he walks out there in front of 1,300 of his classmates with his Bible. Because Jesus is, I think that's absolutely worth cheering for and applauding. That's what I get excited about and proud about is, you know, I'm sorry, Noah, you're gonna get slow one day. You're not gonna be fast forever. You're gonna age, you're gonna slow down, you're gonna get one of these in the middle. I mean, it just happens. We may, we may physically go and decline, but we can spiritually come alive. Each and one of us, no matter how old we are, we can decide to fully commit to Jesus. The second part of that is become an apprentice and, to, and a mentor. To be humble enough to mentor others and to, a, to be an apprentice of others. John 1, 35 through 38 says, the next day, John the Baptist was there again with two of his disciples. When they saw Jesus passing, he, when he saw Jesus passing, he said, look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? What I love about this is Jesus wasn't the first to have disciples. Jesus didn't come to this earth and then boom, we started making disciples. Priests, I mean the, I mean the um, rabbis of the time, uh, people had followers, they had disciples, they had people that followed them. And John had disciples that were following John. But what I love of this example is when John saw Jesus, he said, you go follow him because the whole purpose of following me is that you would follow Jesus. And I wanna share with us, friends, all of us should have apprentices. All of us should have people in our life that we're mentoring, that, that are disciples of ours. But the whole purpose of that discipleship is not for them to be more like us, it's for them to be more like Jesus, to point them to Jesus. And all of us should be mentors of those who are younger in their faith, have Timothys in, in, in line with us. And the other thing is, is we need to be humble enough to have other people in our lives that are mentoring us. I have pastor friends, I have lay friends, I have people that are mentoring me. As iron sharpens iron, so we sharpen one another. We need each other, we need both mentors and we need to be the mentees. There's some opportunities for our church coming up here that, uh, to, to humble and, and to grow. And one of those opportunities is our growth track coming up in October, October 2nd, 9th, and 16th. Um, it's a three-week class. Pastor Nate will be teaching in the first service. Um, it's fun. It's enlightening. It helps you understand, um, you know, what it is to take that next step with Jesus. 
what it is to be a follower here at this church, what our mission is, what, we're, what uh, God is uh, trying to accomplish in and through us together. So one area is I'd encourage you to, do growth, to take growth track if you've not done that for the three weeks in, first three weeks in October. The second thing is uh, we're, life groups are starting back up. And Pastor Nate's been talking about this. I've been talking about this. Um, our life group is starting back up tonight. We meet on Sunday nights. Um, but if you're not in a life group, if you're not in a Bible study group, if you're not in a ladies group, if you're not in a men's group, if, and you can start your own group, it's great. And we want, I mean, Nate wants to help you connect. But uh, one of our, I mean, I look out here and I think of your daughter, Cassidy. And I think, man, she didn't come to the church and say, can I, you know, I'm a new believer and I'd like to start a, a you know, can I have permission to start a Bible study? No, she just started a Bible study with other lady, with other gals, and she has mentors in there, and so they're growing in their faith. We love to hear about it because we love to know that you've moved from rows to circles because there's something powerful when we live life with one another. And it's great that we gather in rows on Sunday, but the power is living life in circles and living life together through the week. So that's starting this week. You can, can text the word Hutch to 94,000, go to the hub that you heard about earlier. Let us know that you're interested. I talked with a lady this morning, specifically wants to get in a ladies group. And I said, hit the life group that you're interested in that in the comment section, put ladies group. Let, let us know that you wanna be specifically, you'd like to be in a ladies group. And the last thing this morning is to commit to proven practices that work. First is to fully commit to Jesus. Second is to have apprentices and to be mentored by others. The third is commit to proven practices that work. And that's where we're going for the next seven weeks. Is seven practices of, that has been going on for centuries of effective Christians in growing in their faith. And so I want to encourage you to come back the next seven weeks, make this a part. I want to maybe encourage some online, make this a part. Make, come join us for the next seven weeks. Give us, give us that opportunity to, to learn what it is to be devoted. Because our goal in all of this is by the end of the seven weeks, our goal is that you'll have every tool at your disposal to grow and become spiritually alive. The goal is that we want all of us, and this isn't our goal, this is God's goal for you and for me. For every one of us online in this room, God's goal for you and for me is to become spiritually alive though we may be in physical decline, to become spiritually alive. Would you pray with me this morning? With your head bowed and your eyes closed this morning, um, I'm just gonna pray a couple prayers. I won't embarrass anybody, but sometimes I just know that it's good for us to acknowledge that God has been working in our hearts, in our lives. And it's good to acknowledge that before God by taking a step, a simple act. And so maybe you're here this morning, no one's looking around, but maybe you're here this morning, you walked in, and you just need to take that first step to becoming spiritually alive, giving your life to Jesus, asking him to come into your heart, forgive you of your sins that you wanna give your life to him. I'm not gonna embarrass you, I'm not gonna call you out, I'm not gonna make you do anything, but you just wanna take that step to, of faith today between you and me and God, you just raise your hand, I wanna pray with you and pray for you this morning. You just raise your hand, I'm gonna just count to three. One, two, three, and raise your hand. One, two, three, thank you, buddy, thank you. Okay, and those online as well. This is your prayer this morning to say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. I wanna make you first place. I wanna fully commit my life to you. I may not even know what that means, but my trust is now in you, and I know you'll help me on that path. And for the rest of us here this morning as well, we just ask you, God, that you would 
Help us to take that next step. Maybe that next step is taking an act of faith and getting, asking Pastor Nate to help us get connected in a life group. Maybe it's taking that step of taking growth track. Maybe it's that step of committing um, a, a time when we're gonna commit the next seven weeks to learn practices that are tried and true and have helped centuries of followers of Jesus find and follow you. So Lord, I pray that you would help us, whatever our next step is, I pray you'd help us to have the courage to take that next step today. And Father, for all that you're doing, for all that you've done, again, Lord, I thank you for this great church. Thank you, Lord, for the steps they took this last week to show love and compassion to Rio Bamba, to show love and compassion to the Jones family in our community. Thank you, Lord, for the example they're setting in their schools and in their workplaces. And God, make us your hands and your feet and let us share your love with everywhere that we go this week. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. amen. God bless you. You can stand up this morning and before you leave, two more fist bumps. We'll see you next week.